Happy holidays. This is Liz, and here's what you can listen to in the Popping Collars feed while roasting chestnuts by the fire in December of 2021. The Popping Collars crew takes stock of the year that was. We're talking about the best pop culture of 2021. The canon is back this month. Here's some of our Popping Collars all-stars draft their favorite movie soundtracks of all time. Going on 30 proudly presents the second annual Golden Poppers this month. Betsy and Gray get all dressed up to hand out imaginary trophies to movies that you haven't thought about in over 20 years. Find out if we fix the Oscars of 1991 or make a bigger mess of things. Finally, Stephen McHale and Greg wrap up their Beatles conversation on The Sacred Six this month. They finish out their magical mystery tour by discussing the songs of Abbey Road. From the number one Christmas podcast on Pandora in the year 2020 to you, have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year and keep those collars popped. Steven, can you think of a better place to be than an octopus's garden in the shade? As an avid scuba diver, no. Really? Have you come across octopus dens on your scuba diving? Uh, well, I don't know. If I've come across oct- oct- octopuses, octopi. Octopi? I did uh, watch that extremely profound but boring movie, uh, The Octopus Teacher. I was about to say, was that you in the octopus? No, but that guy's marriage. I don't know how it survived. (laughs) Oh, let's get into this. Welcome to the Sacred Six. Sometimes an item in pop culture is just too big for one podcast episode. That's where the show steps in. I'm your host, Greg Knight. With me is my special guest, Stephen McHale. Thanks for coming back one last time, Stephen. Here I am. This Let's month, your road. Yeah, this month we're looking at the end of the line for the Beatles, Abbey Road. Should we talk about breakups, Stephen? That's what I wrote as my big idea. We got breakups going on. Gosh, the big idea. Um, part, of, part of the journey is the end, right? But the first track is called "Come Together." Oh, wow! I have never put that together. In all of my life, you were the first person to point that out to me. Wow. Um, I actually um, proposed to a committee at a church meeting today. So right now, in, hanging in front of my church, there's a big four by ten banner that says, and in the end, the love you make is equal to the love you take. Uh, or the love you take is equal to the love you make. And I then wanted to propose, as we are reopening, that we put come together out there. And I got um, roundly shot down. <laughs> Then, like, we'll give you one. <laughs> we'll give you one. You're flying too close to the sun now, my friend. <laughs> um, no, I think that, you know, listen, the Beatles were a band for 10 years. And it's it's something that is fascinating, right? Because there's a, there's a parallel uh, in careers between the Beatles and the Rolling Stones as far as, you know, coming out of England being, you know, fans of the blues and stuff. And there's a lot of people that will put these two bands against each other. It's like opposing forces. So it's like, well, if you're into the Beatles, then you probably don't like the Rolling Stones. If you like the Rolling Stones, you probably don't like the Beatles. I think that that's all bunk. But it is kind of fascinating to think that there was one band that burned bright 
And then at some point they were like, you know what? We can't do this anymore. Well, like we can't do this ever again. And they were done. And the other band just kept on, kept on. Still going. Kept on and is still going. Like that's, that's pretty, that's pretty wild. I mean, I always think that, listen, for things to be special at some point, they have to end. Maybe is that, does that sound defeatist? When I say it out loud, it sounds defeatist. No, that sounds theologically sound to me. Well, you got to have death before you can have rebirth. If you have, you can't just stay on life support forever. Mm -hmm. If you're going to reinvent yourself, you got to have some boundaries and declare you're done. Right. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, even just thinking about this album and how it's constructed, like it ends with a song called The End, right? So, I mean, it's pretty clear what they're trying to say. But even after The End, they give you like a cheeky little, you know, Her Majesty. It's like, okay, we told you it's the end, but oh, by the way, here's one last gag while we go out the door. Um, (laughs) So, Greg, you're talking a lot about endings, but we have we didn't get to let it be or we're not going to get to let it be in this series. And let it be is a year after this. So, yes, let it be was released a year after this, but let it be was recorded before Abbey Road. So Abbey Road was recorded after let it be. All right, I'm not going to challenge your nerdiness. <laughs> I think Let It Be was recorded throughout like, over a longer span of time, and they had a bunch of pieces to throw together. Yes, yes. Okay. And um, so, okay, so Let It Be was being produced by... Phil Spector. So Let It Be is produced by Phil Spector. I think Phil Spector was taking a long time to put that album together. Abbey Road was still produced by George Martin, And George always says that the Beatles came back to him, which makes me think that they were already recording with Phil Spector on Let It Be, and then they came to Abbey Road to finish up their career. So that's why I say that Abbey Road was recorded last. I could be wrong. I don't know. Right? I don't know. Um, It makes a better final album than Let It Be, though. Because you have, in my opinion... Is it possible to say the best Beatles song ever? Is something the best Beatles song ever? For you? <laughs> what is it? I don't know. I mean, it, like something, I have a quote here. Frank Sinatra used to say that something was his favorite Lennon McCartney song. <laughs> Which is hilarious because it's a George song. Like it's a huge song. It gets played over and over again. Yep. And it's a huge hit for the Beatles or something. It's hard to talk about Abbey Road with that. At some point, you have to have an opinion on the medleys because I think maybe that's where, like, if you weren't into this album, it was maybe because of the medleys on side B. So, where do you come down on starting at what? Because and going to Golden Slumbers? Uh, the Sun King medley, I think, is the finest thing to listen through um, from Sun King through the end. Yeah, I, um, I, I could say that's my favorite Beatles song, but it's more than one song. Do you think of it as one song? I do. do I listen to it. Yeah. yeah, the way it flows uh, one, one track right into the next. Yeah, if you were going to break it apart, she came in through the bathroom window. <laughs> it's the best. That's the best part of the song. But um, 
but yeah, I, I agree with you. I, whenever I listen to it, I always think of that as, I always think of the medley as one song. Yes. Mean Mr. Mustard is a different song from Polythene Pam, but they roll right together though, but they fit together perfectly. (laughs) Exactly. I think the song that doesn't fit on this album is probably Octopus's Garden. Ringo. Uh, Again, you're calling out Ringo. Yeah. And then the song, the weirdest, maybe the weirdest song they ever wrote, Maxwell Silver Hammer, about this kid who murders people by bludgeoning them to death with a hammer. I'll do you one better. I have the Beatles Monopoly set. Uh And Maxwell Silver Hammer is one of the pieces in the Monopoly set. Wow. So you can beat your opponent. (laughs) Exactly. I want to know what the reference point was when when he was writing that one. (laughs) Right. It's it's almost like, you know what it almost sounds like? It almost sounds like a Johnny Cash song, doesn't it? Yeah. Like a a pop version of a Johnny Cash song where it's like... Because you could see Johnny saying something about going before a judge and being sentenced, and it's like, bang, bang, Maxwell Silver Hammer came down on his head. And it, because it's so happy and poppy, and, and, but each, each verse ends with someone getting hammered to death. Yeah, it's gruesome, Maxwell Silver Hammer. I wonder though, okay, before we get to best song, now you've got me curious. Which album would you prefer to think of as the last Beatles album? Abbey Road or Let It Be? Gosh. Um, so I have always thought of Let It Be as the last album. Okay. Um, but that might just be because that's what I grew up thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and- but which one would you, like, when you think, like, and, like, you're listening through all of the Beatles songs and you get to the end... Would you rather end at Her Majesty or would you rather end at I don't even know what Let It Be is. <laughs> it ends I'm looking at it. It on Get Back. Oh, Get Back. Um, there you go. Which is pretty great. I um always imagine it ending on the long and winding road. Mm. And there that's melancholy and sweet, and that feels like the right thing to me. Yeah. What's the best song from Abbey Road for you? The Song King Medley, if I can if if that fits within your you know, your definition of rules, Greg. Um, well, you-, you know, we're pretty strict on the rules around here. Let me let me confer with the judges. Uh, they allow it, so. Okay. Yeah. All right. She came in through the bathroom window Protected by a silver spoon But now she's upset Um, so then, um, I would also come, I I come together, uh, I find very satisfying. And then here's a a funny one. So something I listened to it, I listened to this whole album, but for somehow like over and over and over in eighth grade. Um, but for some reason, something is what really catch like caught me. And we would, I bought, uh, the original Nintendo NES and we would play the video game Metroid listening to Abbey Road over and over and over. And oh something fused to that video game for me. So wow. I have very, very fond memories of that song. So you just see like Samus, what's her, what's her name? Samus something like doing flips and rolling into balls while you listen to something. Yep. Shooting and- uh, Metroids with her ice beam. 
and getting killed before. <laughs> the game. Nice. How about you? Oh man, there's a lot, but I, I uh, I'm gonna go with "Here Comes the Sun." Just because I grew up in North Carolina and we had seasons there, right? I mean, I don't have seasons where I live now. It's perpetually summer in South Florida. You kind of have seasons where you are in the sense that half the year it's raining and the other half it's not, right? Nope. Uh, does not rain in California anymore. We <laughs> oh, really taken that away. Uh, I think okay. uh, you finished that. Uh, we can drive to seasons, though. We get snowy winters up in the Sierras. And okay. There's something about the time around, like, April, May time in North Carolina where it's starting to shift from cold to warm. And for a period of time there, you just get kind of gray, cloudy days, like one after another, one after another, one after another. And then one day, one day, all of a sudden, the sun comes out and it's like everybody becomes like a sun worshiper on that day. It's like, you're just, you're just so happy and relieved that the sun is back and it's warm and it's beautiful. And this song always makes me think of that. It always makes me think of like that day when the sun comes back um, and that feeling of joy, just pure joy. That's something you can't even control. That's lovely. Well, thanks. And that whole state is oriented towards the sunrise, right? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) I mean, it is on the East Coast, so, you know, you get to see it come up over the ocean. You get to see it go away over the ocean. So there you go. Here comes the sun. Who's the MVP of uh, Hmm. Abbey Road? That's hard. You're, I think you're asking me who's the MVP of the Beatles at this yeah, point. Yeah, kind of at this point, yeah. Yeah, and I have to go with Paul um, because I'm a sucker for melodies. And and the first concert I ever went to as a sophomore in high school was Paul McCartney in the Kingdom mm-hmm. in 1988 or 9. And he played a bunch of this. Yeah. To 60,000 people with terrible acoustics. <laughs> Uh, mine is, uh, George, uh, just think of this. He could have, if he wanted to put out a, a 45 that had something on one side and here comes the sun on the other. That's a strong record. Yeah. Uh, which says a lot about how far George has come in our journey with the Beatles. Uh, well, and didn't right after this, he releases a triple album. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All Things Must Pass. Yeah, All Things Must Pass was right after this. Yeah, And it was huge. He was ready to go. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Um, Steven, last thoughts on the Beatles while we wrap up here. A good band that I think a lot of people kind of overlook their depth a little bit. 
Because I think it's easy to think of them in sections, right? Early, mid, late. Um, my last thought, I'm going to say, um, if you have not watched it, go YouTube James Corden's um, Carpool Karaoke with Paul McCartney. Mm-hmm. came out maybe two years ago and they sing a whole bunch of this stuff together and Paul tells stories about the Beatles and uh, the whole thing makes you want to cry. Yeah. It's the story of uh, four really good friends who just became too big to be together anymore. It's it's pretty fascinating. That's it. Except for Ringo. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Except Ringo who just starts calling up people and like, will you sing for my band? Will you sing for my band? thank you oh that's it we're done no more Beatles however the band continues to live on in our hearts Stephen thank you so much for going on this are we doing a six part series on Paul McCartney's solo albums oh yeah yeah stay tuned we're going straight into Wings and then we're going straight into uh, Plastic Oko Band after that and then we're going straight into um, what Ringo's All Stars after that so just keep listening uh steven thank you so much for going on this journey with me i have enjoyed this greg thank you so much it's just the two of us riding nowhere spending someone's hard-earned pay i mean what's it's perfect right you and me sunday driving not arriving on our way back home and speaking of home remind our folks where you call home and what you do there Greg, I call home Alameda, California, which is a little island in San Francisco Bay, right next to Oakland. And uh, here I uh, raise kids with my wife and work at Christ Episcopal Church as one of the priests. Awesome. That's it for us. But the Sacred Six will continue next month with a new topic and a new special guest. Come back next month to see what we're up to. And until then... Keep those collars pops. Thanks, Greg. Thanks, Stephen. I appreciate it, man. And in the end, the love you take is equal.